Hi everyone, this week of Fusionatics, we will be looking at the importance of property rights and find out what the Judicial Service Commission is. So stay tuned because we have a good show aid. Hi everyone, welcome to Freedom Fanatics. This is a production of the Freedom Advocacy Network and I'm Sholin. And this week I'm once again joined by Martin van Staden, who is a legislative and policy consultant for Sakelega and the Free Market Foundation. Welcome back to the show, Martin. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, thank you for having me on again. It's great to be here. Yeah, as always, I know we get to have a great show and thank you for making the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, and first yeah. And first up, um, we will be looking at Fans Explain video, which highlights why your property rights matter. So let's quickly have a yeah, we can have a quick watch. What are property rights and why do they matter? Put simply, property rights are a way of agreeing who has what rights to which property. Imagine that you own a house in a society which does not have formal property rights. In such a society, you'd always have to stay close to your house to defend it, or else somebody could come along and simply take over your house or demolish it. You can't stop them by saying, that's my property, because it won't really be. In contrast, a formal property right makes it clear that you are the owner of the house and that nobody may interfere with it without your permission, even when you are away. But clearly, property rights alone are not enough for you to control your property. You need someone to have your back when it comes to property rights. In most countries, this is the state. The state protects your property rights in three ways. Through laws that establish the rules, courts that interpret and apply those rules, and police that protect your property, for example, when it is threatened by thieves, looters, or rioters. Individual property rights are vital because they form the foundation of personal freedom. They allow you to work for and earn wealth and protect yourself against economic risk and those who mean you harm, including the state itself. They are essential for building prosperous societies because they let you keep ownership of your property even when you're not near it. They allow you to change and improve it sell it and use it as collateral if you want to borrow money. Make no mistake, property rights are human rights. Protecting them is one of the most important functions of the state. You must ensure that your state protects your property rights and not undermine them. Your freedom is worth fighting for. Join FAN today to build a new tomorrow. Yeah, Martin Show. First up, something that um, usually frustrates me when the discussion is had about property rights and why it's important, um, we, the, the term property is usually framed around this context that, it's, um, that it refers to some piece of dry land in the free state um, that's either being formed or not being formed. But we know that the term property is not only limited to land. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're totally correct. Uh, there is this phenomenon where if someone defends private property rights, particularly in South Africa, uh, there's usually a few people, quite a few people who say, but what about the, non- the people who don't own property, which is a nonsensical thing to say because everyone is a property owner. There is no such thing as someone who does not own property in South Africa. It doesn't exist. Uh, private property uh, is everything from your toothbrush to your to your house, to the land that it stands on, to your bank account, to your uh, your assets in the form of uh, shares, for instance, if, if you're uh, so inclined. Uh, even sentimental, relatively worthless things uh, uh, that have no market value are property, and it's it's your property. And if you're found in a situation where uh, legal protections for property rights uh, uh, are harmed, it's not only... Um, the landed property that is in in danger, but really the uh, older property, and we see this with with uh, uh, government talking about prescribed assets, which uh, targets pension funds. Uh, that's that's a, a very anti-private property uh, uh, approach that should be seen along with government's uh, 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 more land-focused anti-property. Uh, uh, policies. So uh, there is no arbitrary distinction uh, on what types of property. The fact is property rights is a coherent whole, and it refers to the clothing on your back, the uh, uh, heirlooms that your family your family uh, passes on, uh, and also to land, of course, and to all your money that, that you have. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And it links brilliant up to the next point that I wanted to raise was that um, the greatest threat in South Africa right now when it comes to property and property rights is expropriation without compensation and prescribed assets as well, as you mentioned. And that's why, would you maybe just be able to explain to us about what expropriation without compensation is? Because it sounds nice. Um, yeah, it sounds very sophisticated. But just yeah. explain to us what this policy is and what are the ANC and EFF's um, intentions with this piece of legislation that they're trying to pass um, through Parliament? And what are some of the consequences? Where has this taken place um, hmm. in the world before? Yeah, so I think we should start with the idea of expropriation. Now, this is a power that governments have had for centuries. It's not a. Mm-hmm. It is a con- very controversial and contentious power, but it's it's not it's nothing new. Expropriation has always existed. Uh, uh, but the thing is, since it ca- so before, uh, I think somewhere in the 1600s, when a government wanted your property, it simply took it. Uh, The king of the government said, God has ordained me with the power to do what I want, and I'm going to take your property, and you're not going to get a cent for it, and uh, you're penniless, you're poor, and you starve. Uh, now, what happened during that time is the idea of uh, of expropriation came about. And this idea very basically says that government if it wants your property, it needs to go through a legal process. Uh, and and uh, that is because we are individuals and communities and families with rights and interests. Uh, and government, in order to be properly constitutional, uh, must follow a legal process uh, so that uh, everyone is subject to the same law. Uh, just like I cannot just take your stuff, uh, a government cannot just take uh, t- take your stuff either. Um, uh, and that's how the idea of expropriation came about. And as it came about from the very start, from the word go, 
it has always been associated with the payment of compensation. There has never been an exception. Even though it wasn't written necessarily written down in, in statutes, it was simply taken for granted for hundreds upon hundreds of years that if the government expropriates your property, you will get compensation. Uh, and uh, during the American Revolution, when the American Bill of Rights came into effect, they actually wrote it down. They said, you must get compensation. And that became a trend. Uh, that's been followed in uh, most countries around the world. But even in those countries where it isn't written down, you see, you see you're still entitled to compensation. And that brings me to this point. Expropriation without compensation is a contradiction in terms. There is no, there is no such thing. It cannot exist. If you're talking about expropriation, there is always, there necessarily has to be compensation. The moment you take compensation away, we are no longer dealing with expropriation. We are dealing with an arbitrary seizure or confiscation of property that is reminiscent of the days when kings and chiefs could just ride into town and say, I'm taking that property and I'm taking that property and I don't really uh, care about your interests. So uh, it's uh, expropriation without compensation is a properly anti-constitutional phenomenon. Now, of course, the appeal to government uh, for the South African government in particular for this is, is obvious. It saw that in, in Zimbabwe, uh, where uh, Robert Mugabe was threatened by uh, 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 his troops essentially um, uh, uh, rising up and saying, you're no longer paying us properly. Uh, 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 there is no money. The economy has collapsed. What are you going to give us now? And the government said, okay, we're going to take land from people and we're going to give you land. Uh, now, our government saw that and, and uh, Robert Mugabe stayed in power uh, while his country collapsed. And our government sees that and thinks, hell, hell, why, why not here? Uh, so our government and particularly the EFF, which has venerated Robert Mugabe, um, mm. they are very keen on this idea. Uh, uh, regardless of the human suffering that that has led to. Uh, and I mean, uh, Zimbabwe is not the only example. We have Venezuela where Hugo Chavez did the same thing. Uh, uh, and there, the earlier point about property not simply being land uh, comes through quite starkly. He did not just seize farms. He did seize farms, but not only. He also seized banks. He seized uh, companies and so forth. Uh, paying little, if, if any, compensation to the owners. And that, of course, led to the collapse of the Venezuelan economy. Uh, a lot of, there's people who are going to say, no, it's, it's sanctions and whatever. That's, the sanctions didn't fall out of thin air. Uh, there was a reason for it. And those reasons were these abuses of, of human rights and economic freedom. Uh, and Venezuela used to be a middle-income country, one of the most prosperous in South America. It is now one of the poorest states in the world where people are eating their pets. They are invading zoos to eat zoo animals uh, because they're starving, because the proper proprietary basis of their economy has been entirely destroyed. Now, in South Africa, the expropriation without compensation thing takes on about, uh, two forms currently. The, word, the most pressing one is that the ANC and the EFF have proposed a constitutional amendment to remove the right to receive compensation upon expropriation uh, when your property is taken. Uh, that will be taken out and replaced with a very equivocal uh, notion that 
uh, you may receive compensation sometimes uh, if if it is deemed to be just and equitable. Currently, you will always receive compensation, no exception. Uh, uh, it might be a lower compensation, it might be higher compensation, but you will always receive compensation. They want to change that and make it an equivocal conditional uh, situation by amending the constitution. They're also doing another thing. They want to allow government to essentially nationalize uh, certain types of property that government will define for itself uh, and, and just nationalize that. And then the principle again applies that there may not be compensation at all. Uh, so that's the other thing that the constitutional amendment does. And then the second uh, form of expropriation without compensation is the expropriation bill, uh, which operationalizes this new reality, which basically sets out the procedure that government will go through to uh, confiscate your property without paying you anything. And really, the expropriation bill makes that very easy for government. So the idea that uh, okay, only the right to compensation is falling away, but there's still legal safeguards and due process, so you'll still be protected by the law. Uh, that, if the expropriation bill is adopted, that is uh, not the, the, the legal protections don't go away entirely, but they are severely weakened. Uh, so it's very, it's going to be very, very easy for the government to say that property and that property. Now, to, to be uh, uh, totally fair, the expropriation bill does only apply to so-called land. Uh, it does not apply to bank accounts, to uh, uh, copyrights and so forth, uh, to intellectual property. Uh, it only applies to land. But land in South African property law means the land plus anything that is built on the land. Uh, so uh, it, the, the uh, expropriation without compensation story uh, applies to all fixed property, your house, your business, your factory, anything that is built on land is going to be subject to this new principle that you may receive a zip uh, if the government wants to take that property. Now, that is, uh, in, in short, uh, what we're dealing with here. And as you rightly said, this has never worked anywhere. Uh, there is no example of a society being prosperous uh, beyond uh, primitive prosperity, a lot of people will say, yes, there was the great Zimbabwean empire or something in hundreds of thousands of years ago, and it was a prosperous African empire. Yeah, the king might have been prosperous and the chiefs might have been prosperous and the GDP of the country might have been high, but ordinary people suffered because there was no con formal conception of property rights the way we understand it today. So there is no exception to the rule that you need secure property rights uh, for ordinary people like you and me to prosper. Uh, it has only been since the Industrial Revolution of about two, 300 years ago when this idea really uh, solidified that us, the plebs, we also get to uh, share in, in, uh, in property and, and in so doing, build ourselves up from being subsistence uh, farmers and hunter-gatherers and factory workers. We also get our own houses, our own businesses, our own cars, uh, what have you. Uh, that, this has been the necessary ingredient for us to be uh, 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 to flourish. Uh, and without it, we've seen many countries try to go without it. Uh, Maoist China, uh, try to say, no, you don't need private private property, bring all the grain that you uh, farm, bring all the grain to the government, and we will decide who gets the grain. And hundreds of millions of people starved. We saw it in, in, in Ukraine, millions starved. We saw it in the Soviet Union, whose economy could only really produce uh, uh, 
military hardware, but it could not produce the basics for ordinary people. We see it today in Zimbabwe and we see it today in, in Venezuela. All the examples of prosperous countries that we want to aspire to are examples of countries where private property rights are secure. We cannot go without them. Yeah, and Martin, something I just want to highlight before we, we end off is that um, we see, you mentioned the expropriation bill, and Dr. Anthea Jeffy, who's actually the head of policy at the Institute of Race Relations, she actually made a warning in one of her recent articles, where she says that this will eventually allow um, the government to set up um, land courts, which we, where they will actually be, which will deal with expropriation without compensation matters. And these judges would eventually be um, appointed by the president and the president will be advised by the Judicial Service Commission. And the Judicial Service Commission has been in the spotlight in recent weeks for many reasons. And can you just quickly essentially tell us what the Judicial Service Commission is and what are some of your concerns about the procedures and the individuals who are on this commission? Mm. Yeah, just tell us some of your concerns. Yeah, so the Judicial Service Commission is what I think to be one of the greatest constitutional mistakes South Africa has made. It's an institution created in the Constitution. Uh, essentially, it is comprised of, uh, I think, three groups of people. Parliamentarians, uh, lawyers from legal practice, uh, acad academic lawyers, and then there's a, f a fourth category, uh, um, uh, judges. Uh, there are also judges on it. So it's, it's these four uh, groups of people. The fundamental mistake in the, in the commission is that the majority of the participants are political party members, deployees, caters uh, from parliament. And what this body does is it interviews uh, judges and it, uh, at the end of the process, it compiles a little list and it sends that list to the president and the president appoints our judges from that list. It's for the constitutional court, the Supreme Court of Appeal, the high courts, all of our courts except the magistrate's courts. Now, uh, uh, what happened recently with the, the commission is nothing unexpected. Uh, a lot of people are now really paying attention to it, but the fact of the matter is there has always been politicking and electioneering on, on, judicial, on the, the Judicial Services Commission, uh, because it's it's another platform for people like Julius Malema to say how credentialed struggle revolutionaries they are. And uh, the result of this is that very rarely do do these politicians ask judges about, hey, how are you going to, uh, uh, what's your judicial philosophy? How are you going to approach the law? That very rarely happens. They get asked about are they racists? Are they sexists? Uh, uh, how do they treat uh, uh, women in the office? And how, uh, how, what do they think about quotas and so forth? That's what they talk about in the Judicial Services Commission. So it's, it's, a, it's a circus. It's a political circus. And uh, uh, not that it only recommends bad judges. We have many good judges in South Africa. Mm -hmm. But the fact is our very best judges, uh, uh, that's probably going to become a, a, a narrowing group of people. And it might fizzle away entirely as more and more jurists simply don't want to be subject to that abuse and you have to go through that process and now the land court which the government has already proposed the land court bill is currently uh, in the in the pipelines uh, it will be it will be thrown into this mix uh, and and uh, it's it's going to be even worse uh, than what the judicial services commission has, has produced up to now because the land court bill exempts that court from certain rules of evidence uh, it allows hearsay evidence uh, so you don't have to produce 
actual proof anymore. For instance, if you say uh, your land was taken 50 years ago, you don't have to necessarily prove that. You just have to say that, and the guy who currently has the land will be it will be expropriated from them if the judge agrees. And the, the types of judges that the land court will get uh, could uh, would not necessarily be people with experience as a judge mm-hmm. in, in our tradition in our legal tradition but could include people from the land commission could include people from the department of agriculture could uh, political uh, deployees and could include land activists to be totally honest now i'm not saying all the judges are going to be this there might be exemplary great judges that are going to sit on the land court but the point is the law is now going to make it very easy for us to get very problematic characters in this court and really the moment this whole system expropriation of out compensation the land court the judicial services commission all of this sets in and is entrenched uh there's uh, unfortunately very little uh, protection for private property rights left and uh, mm-hmm. the moment we we go there really all of our other rights and all of the other constitutional institutions that we have welfare uh, democracy uh, education, all these things that we have rights to and that are protected by the constitution, all of that really loses its substance. And that we, we need to be very careful going down that route. Yeah, absolutely, Martin. Um, thank you for your insight, man. It was absolutely brilliant. I, I love this discussion. And to our views, you can find all our written content, all of our explainer videos, all on our website, freedomadvocacy.net. And we've reached the end of this episode now. So don't forget to catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and IGTV. And to join fan, you can support our fight for freedom and sign up at freedomadvocacy.net. And remember, guys, your freedom is worth fighting for.